Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning and welcome back to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm your host, Shelley Harrison, with another episode of Amplify Your Influence. Uh, it's a lively show featuring speakers, authors, and presenters who are at the cutting edge of top-level success in their company or they're already there. Uh, this show will bring you intriguing people across the country who have successfully amplified their influence on stage, television, and other media platforms. Today, we are talking with our leading lady, Michelle Burquist, CEO and co-founder of Connected Women of Influence. And let me tell you a little bit about Michelle. She is a nationally recognized author and award-winning entrepreneur. Michelle is, like I mentioned, she's the CEO of Connected Women of Influence, which is a national association of professional women leading people, projects, teams, and companies. Michelle is also the co-founder of Sue Talks, which are bold, passionate talks and viewpoints centered around business and success by successful unstoppable, empowering leaders in business. In addition, Michelle is the chief publisher of Women Lead Publications, a go-to source and publication for female leaders to rise and thrive in business. Happy Monday, Michelle, and welcome to the show, and thank you for gracing us with your incredible wisdom on today's show. Aw, I love the word gracing with presence, but thank you for having me. I love those three words. That's nice. (laughs) <laughs> oh, thank you for be- thank you for being here, Michelle. And I know that we need to add to your bio because you've got some new things with uh, Women Lead Online TV, correct? We did. Well, we are just you know embracing and not gracing, embracing new media. So yes, we have an online TV show and talk series that we have been cooking up for quite a while. That was one of the, um, which I know we're talking about brainstorms during COVID. So yeah, we're launching that and you were one of our hosts. So we've got this amazing community of women who are going to interview other women different than a podcast. I mean, similar, but ours is, you know, kind of video and TV and talk show style with some different topics. So very excited rolling that out this year, along with our radio show, which we're on yeah. right now. We're live. Shelley. Exactly. We're live. We are live. I know, and I've watched some of the shows, you know, the online uh, TV, and I mean, they're very entertaining. They're filled with, you know, a lot of meaningful content. And I I really applaud you, Michelle, for going in that direction because media is kind of where it's at. You know, when you talk about uh, people that are building their business or they're, uh, you know, they're just trying to get out there and really amplify their influence, right, which is the name of this show. (laughs) It is, and I love the word (laughs) amplify because it is. You know, how can you, you know, when you look at social media now, it is really, truly, I mean, it's it's an incredible vehicle, and then everybody's kind of starting to do the same things. I mean, I remember when it was weird when people were asking you to connect on LinkedIn or 
be friends on Facebook. And, you know, now it's yeah. just, I think you always got to be changing things up. And I think for us, this is a change things up. May not be entirely to the world where we're kind of embracing, again, that word, we're embracing what other people are embracing. doing, but doing it in our way, in our way. So, yeah, it's, it's a good time yeah. right now, I got to say. No complaints. <laughs> It definitely is. And and I know one of the things that we would thought that we would bring up today, which I would love to talk about, is a word that I had a difficult time saying initially, uh, <laughs> although ideating. <laughs> that word ideating. Oh and, you know, we, <laughs> well, what's your, what's your You're reaction? You're packing me up. I'm going to talk about because it is. It, I, I think I got the word from IBM or Microsoft probably like 40 years ago, but ideating oh my it's like i remember there was ideating. a commercial and it it seriously was a commercial it was a commercial either with ibm or microsoft i got to give them props and microsoft is one of our sponsors so i hope it was them <laughs> but they showed on the oh. tv commercial a whole bunch of people that were laying like on a gym floor or in some sort of you know uh enclosed for you know two walls to ceiling and a floor and they were laying there on the floor and they said you know hey brainstorming's old ideating is the new thing and i'm like ooh, what's ideating uh-huh. and it was just it was like the whole group sync model of brainstorming but it's such a i mean not for you yeah. but for most of us it's a much funner word to say so ideating yeah the emphasis on the eye well, yeah. there you go that's and- the best you've said it. yes <laughs> I can say it now. I can say it or, or speak it. Woo-hoo. So let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, woohoo. So let's talk about ideating because I know that you and I have had a lot of different conversations about, you know, just a lot of things built around business. And ideating, mm-hmm. you know, when you think of ideating, where do you find the most, you know, interesting part of, of doing that? I'll say it's at most when you said that, I loved it because I thought it's also, it can be very frustrating too, right? I mean, depending on the environment. Yeah. But for me, ideating is the fact that you can, and I work, I mean, I, and I've been in business a long time where I know how I work best, but I remember, you know, in corporate America, you know, strategic planning, brainstorming, you know, eight people, whatever would file into a conference room, you know, you have donuts and coffee and, you know, you get her done when you're trying to come up with a new idea, right? That, that's what ideating yeah, yeah. is. And so I have yeah. found very differently than brainstorming, but it's basically the same thing that, you know, when you're trying to flush yeah. out, you know, new stuff or you want a fresh perspective or you're trying to, you know, figure out and kind of work through something that maybe isn't all um, process-oriented or whatever, ideating is a great way to do it because the conversation – with one or a few people, you know, if it's left open to just, um, again, ideating where you're bringing up ideas, no <laughs> idea is a bad one or a wrong one, and you list them, that yeah. causes you to come up with other ideas, which causes you to like or think this one's not okay and this one's better, and then you have the holy grail of, oh, my God, here's our idea. And and I have to say, yeah. just because you and I have known each other for a while, you and I have gone through that together, where it's just been mm-hmm. this incredible ideating process not that it was intended to be that but it was through conversation where we ideated and some really great ideas came out of it hence ideating right yeah i i totally agree and i know uh recently you had gifted me with a book which is what do you do with an idea and the author is kobe yamada and (laughs) i know and this is why i thought oh i want to talk about ideating on the show and and you know we'll have a (laughs) couple of other things that will kind of you know 
go about talking about. But specifically this book, it, you know, when I first opened it up, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is, you know, it's a beautiful book, and it's hardcover. And when I started reading it, I felt like a child again. But then I thought, wait a minute, there is some powerful, power, powerful stuff in here that if you really think about it, it kind of puts you in a position to think about, you know, this, what your idea could become. What, what are your thoughts Absolutely. about that? Because I know that's oh one of God. your favorite books. Well, I shared, <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's like, and I was, I was given this book and it was gifted to me and it was years ago. Um, and this particular author is the CEO of a, of a company that I, when in my corporate gift business, which was many moons ago, I would buy the yeah. products from this company and it's called Compendium. It's one of the most amazing companies oh, oh, for motivation yeah. and inspiration ever, ever, ever. So this yeah. author, um, yeah. Toby, what I love about the book is it comes in a three part series, like an idea, what do you do with a chance? What do you do with a problem? And the mm. one with what do you do with an idea, the whole concept of it is, and it is, it's very childlike, but it's so applicable, you know, to us as adults and especially for life or yeah. business or whatever we're trying to kind of work through. It just, it's the idea that when you, I just, I mean, every time I say that word, it's the, it's the kind of plan that when you come up with an idea, it, it, it's not all worked out right ahead of time. But if you don't allow yourself to be in situations or put yourself in a place where you can just be free to come up with new, fresh thinking, you know, that's, that's not good. Right. And as adults, right. we think we have to have everything perfect. It's like things are going to go according to plan, but they don't. And when we're children, it's like, we're just always ideating. We're thinking, oh my gosh, today I'm going to go, you know, slay a dragon. And it's like, I'm dealing with a butter knife <laughs> and, you know, my, you know, one of the towels from the kitchen, right? I mean, who knows? But as an adult, yeah. it's like, we kind of get beat down on that. And what I love about the book is it also has the idea that when you're coming up with new thinking and new ideas, ideas grow if you let them grow. And so they need to have time to nurture and develop and then one of my ever, because he has some really cute pieces that go with it, and uh -huh. he has a crown that you have to have your idea crown on to think new ideas. <laughs> it's almost like you have to get into your into yeah. your you know operandum modem, or it's like you have a crown so you can think bigger. And and then the, he has these yeah. beautiful kind of plush eggs that he says an, an idea is like an egg. It needs to kind of nurture and grow and get bigger and then get you know, more developed. And it's just amazing. Right. Yeah, obviously, you it's, hit a nerve when yeah. you brought up the book, because I'm like, it is other yeah. than the Dr. Seuss book, Oh, the places you'll go. That oh, is what yeah. you do with an idea <laughs> and, and a problem and a chance. Yeah. Those are my those are my favorite books. Seriously. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate you, you know, gifting me with that book. And, and I did, uh, I went to Idaho over the weekend, and I had a chance to read it in the airport. So it was, it was super cool <laughs> to read that book and finally understand, you know, where you were coming from with, you know, because think of it, ideas just come from uh, just everywhere. You can have them at any moment. And speaking of moments, we're going to recognize a sponsor right now. So, I would like to uh, just take a break here and mention our sponsor. So the Microsoft mission is, is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good and are working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and opportunities created by technology. 
Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. Thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all our sponsors and partners. And now we're back to amplify your influence on Women Lead Radio with my guest, Michelle Burquist. And Michelle, we were just talking about the book, um, What Do You Do With an Idea? And I know that, you know, just just having those conversations with you where we're ideating and, you know, coming up with different types of, you know, ideas that are about your business or about my business. And one thing that I really want to share is that you have been a powerful collaborator with me. And, you know, it, it even helped ideating where we came up with, you know, some things within my company that were not so much about the service, but more so about the product line. And another book that, that I know we have both read, and I'm, in fact, I'm in the middle of it, uh, which is Built to Sell. And that's written by John Warillo. And what are your thoughts on that book? Because that really, it struck some nerves. And I realized I'm like, okay, I'm part of the way there, you know, in terms of, you know, eventually selling my company. But what are your thoughts on, because I know you've bought and sold, or excuse me, you've sold companies, but let's talk about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I've sold one company and now I'm on, CWI is my third company, but CWI is also yeah. my longest company. And the Built to Sell book yeah. I mean, is one of the most classic books out there that if you aren't thinking about the steps that are future forward of how you're going to, one, exit your business, or two, sell mm -hmm. your business, or have it, you know, be lasted as a legacy business, which those are tough too when you're dealing with family businesses. Yeah. But I, for me, it changed everything in running a business because, yeah. you know, when you're, when you're, okay, let's just say for me, um, young, which was over 30 years ago, when I first, you know, became independent and left banking and started my own business, I never thought about building systems or procedures. I mean, I thought about it because right. I came from that world in the yeah. corporate banking world, but the book Built yeah. to Sell was the idea that if you are gone tomorrow, can the people in your company pick up and just run as if you weren't there? And to a lot of owners and entrepreneurs, that's a really hard thing to think about because you are in business yeah. because you are usually the smartest person in the room for your business, right? You know where everything is, right. you know, where all the bodies yeah. are buried, you know, you know, the thingamajig <laughs> that goes with the doohickey that does the what's it, that's what you do. Yeah. And getting yeah. all of that great stuff from your head and putting it so that there is a replic replicable duplicatable system and process of procedures and documentation. And, you know, people talk all the time about doing systems. And the biggest thing for me was, yeah. you know, if the idea is you're growing your business with the intent to sell it, it you're going to run your business in a lot different way. So there's just a lot of things in yeah. that book. It's a classic piece to have entrepreneurs get away from, you know, and then there's the, e, I don't know if you've ever heard the e book. Man, we're talking about a lot of books. But the e-myth book, I know, I, I which know. was so great and, and yeah. so infamous, was instead of you being the one to make the pies, if you have a pie-making business, you know, you get 
other people to you start to grow by adding employees and then what are those employees going to do and those employees need to have a job description and that job description has yeah. you know a process and a, and a protocol that goes with it of certain things and then how do you find things in your company and do you have things documented so anybody could step in and know where the flow is of what you do so anyway I like that right. one in a different way the what you do with an idea book is about new ideas and fresh perspective, but the built to sell allows you to just really get to the grit and tackle how are you going to replicate and build this business with the intent. Maybe you don't ever sell it, which is, you know, your your decision as an entrepreneur and a business owner. But if that is the yeah. case, then it really does point out a plan and a path of what you can do to prepare your business. You know, so maybe you aren't working as hard or being the the person, the go-to person for everything in your company. You can have systems yeah. and procedures where you build it so you don't have to be there every day. That's the idea of the book, and I, that's yeah. why I love it. <laughs> exactly. Was that your and take? Then, you know, I'm going to turn it around on it, you. It was that your take on the book? Okay, because I'm like, what did you get out yeah. of it? And you said you loved the book, so I was really curious. One, and I think the most profound thing for me is, you know, and I'm at a different stage in my, and, and you and I both have a banking background. So, you know, we spent a lot of time working with businesses, you know, with anywhere from, you know, helping them with lines of credit to helping them establish additional business accounts, you know, helping them with commercial buildings and all of that. So when I look at my company, and I think, or even, you know, for your company, where we're in a stage right now, and especially me, and I'll, I'll use myself and as, as an example, you know, I want to continue my company for at least seven to ten years. And, you know, when I think of, okay, do I want to sell it? Do I want it to be a legacy? Do I, you know, how do I want to take this company? Because you can't just shut the doors and, you know, that's it. Because I've built a brand, and I think looking at this book where the most profound thing for me was, Having, you know, when you think of when you want to sell your company, and can I? You know, there, there's only a certain percentage of companies that that actually sell. And I think of my company where I really need to take myself out of the business to a degree where I put systems in place that, like you said, you know, taking yourself away from the business and building those job descriptions, building those processes so people can sell them and then you also have, you know, the operational piece that people running the business, like, you know, where you can get away or, or do certain things that, you know, that can, that don't require you to, to be there every day. And when I read right. through the one part where it was more so how much do you want to sell your company for, you know, what's that magic number? Well, there were two different philosophies with, you know, looking at it, do you want to, sell high or do you want to, you know, go another couple of years and sell it for a certain amount? But during the time that, you know, if it was, let's say if you wait 10 years, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen, you know, where, and, and I don't know if you remember in the book, but there were things that, you know, there's economic situations that can change. There are, you know, litigation, things that can come up. So it's probably better to sell a company when, you know, when you can really get it to where it's sellable and being with the right uh, person or company to be able to sell it. Absolutely. And if I can yeah. add, I mean, I was in a situation, oh gosh, many years ago for my 
corporate gift business where I was in a situation where I, I needed to sell my business and I was not, you know, in mm. the best situation. My husband had gotten sick. We were in our ninth year of our corporate gift business and he couldn't work in the business anymore because he had had a heart attack and a stroke. And I was like, what are we going to do? You know? And I remember, you know, it was at the worst time of any way to sell my, our company because our company was based on like 40% of our total sales for the year were around the holiday season. And I always hated that. We were in January Mm -hmm. and I was like trying to truck it out and sell it. And it was like, nothing was great, but ended up doing it you know, didn't get the millions you want, but that is absolutely right in the book. I mean, another yeah. piece that I always think is interesting is that why do we always have to think of selling our business? Why can't it be, because I know you yeah. brought this up, and I think this way now, now that I'm at a wise benchmark age that I will not share across media, but um, I have another tick mark on my bed mark, right, of age, and yeah. I, I kind of, I'm thinking differently now, like can the company that I have just, you know, shift, oh, I'm going to say the word, shift and pivot and adapt that to get me through even the retirement years. Like, I don't want to retire, but I definitely want to make an impact and I want to live with purpose and and do the things that are going to make me happy and that I feel like I'm serving and doing good, right? So why can't the company that you have do that as well and you shift and adapt the company so that it can serve where you're at as you get into different years? I mean, to me... Now, there's a book there because everybody talks about starting a yeah. side hustle or, you know, going and traveling when they retire. And I think there's a bigger picture, you know, and finding a different purpose with maybe um, the company you have. So, anyway, that's just my thought. Because yeah. you said there's another book. I'm going to throw it on you. There was the book, the yeah. Crescendo book. What was that book? And what was that book oh about? Oh, my Tell gosh. Us. Live Life in Crescendo. And, and that's, you know, really doing like your best work is ahead of you. And it really put perspective. And that's actually written by Stephen Covey and his daughter. And I know, you know, Stephen Covey, unfortunately, he, you know, he left this earth back in 2012. But the book itself, you know, his daughter continued and she wrote the book, you know, as if her father was there with her writing this book. And it was profound. You know, when you really think of and, and again, you know, we're at an age where, you know, we're not going to share our age. However, we've got a lot of experience, and I think we've had some, you know, life experiences that kind of mold what direction we're going, kind of like what you said, Michelle. Do you, you know, do you sell your company? Do you keep your company? And this book really helped me to understand that I'm not going to retire. I don't, I don't like that word. Mm. And it, really, because retirement I think a lot of us think, oh, gosh, you know, we're going to, you know, travel and something's going to happen. Like, for example, we, we have a friend who just retired from, you know, the, the being a postal carrier for 30 years. Him and his wife both retired. They retired in their 50s. And, you know, unfortunately, um, her husband now has leukemia. And, you know, now he's going to oh, be spending wow. his retirement trying to stay alive. You know, and, and that's mm. terrible, you know, when you think about it. And he was a, a very avid tennis player and very healthy. And, you know, so you just don't know. And that book really put things in perspective for me. And and I think that's where, you know, when I shared with you, I know what my life's mission is going to be after, you know, once I decide that, you know, either I sell my company or I keep it going and, you know, find other people to, to bring, you know, come in and whether it's management salespeople, whatever, um, but I know that I want to serve in a way that 
can help young women. And that's going to kind of lead us into, you know, Sue Rising. I would love to talk about that a little bit because I think that you just spoke. And can I say that you did a stellar, stellar job at presenting Ooh. to, oh, my gosh, it was like 150 sixth, 7th, and 8th graders. We'll just go with that. That's, it was crazy. You I, it's the first time I've ever done that. But anyway, what? Yeah, what? I know. Was, and you did such an eloquent job, Michelle, because when I think, and I was there, and it was for Seroptimus International for the Corona Chapter or Club, and they bring in, they have this event for our listeners so they know. Uh, they have an event called Dreams and Decisions. And Every year I've heard about it. I've heard about it for the last 25 years from some other, you know, women that I know within the community. And I thought, oh, my gosh, Michelle would be perfect to speak here. So for those of you that know what we do, we play speakers, uh, CEOs and executives for different events all over the country. So Michelle was the absolute great fit for this. And, Michelle, how did you feel? You know, here you are with all of these young women you know, you have your story. You also have, you know, a lot of things that you can help to encourage these young girls. Apply to to rising, and and what were what were your kind of your takeaways, or or how did you feel about it? I mean, whether you want to go with how do you feel about it, or what were your takeaways? <laughs> there are many emotions, if I can say that, Sally. It's like there were so many pre, you know, during, <laughs> like right when we were there, and then even afterwards. So, but you know, I think, I think in perspective, right? We have a within CWI, we have a nonprofit that supports the next generation of young women, right? And we, yeah. um, for a few years, have had women that have been on stage, and they get a financial. Um, contribution, right, for their future from yeah. our organization. And so as a new nonprofit, we're, we're really literally on the hunt to be able to find ways to support the next generation. And you asking me to speak for this event, I was so excited about it at first. And then it's like it started to settle in and I went, wait a minute, I'm going to be speaking for, <laughs> first of all, they said 200. So 150 was a yeah. gift in my opinion. But they were telling me, yeah. you guys were telling me 200, you know, girls. And then I had to, you know, kind of think on the idea that, oh, wow, this is seventh and eighth graders. You know, first of all, what yeah. age are seventh and eighth graders? I had to go look it up and I went, oh, wow, these are, <laughs> these are tweens. And, you know, what, what yeah. do tweens want to do? They want to, they want to like live on their phone. It's like, they don't look you in the eye. Like they don't care about anything, but I, I don't have young girls and I have had no children, but I, I was like, then yeah. the fear started to set in. And I thought, what am I going to tell these girls? You know, I mean, but what was yeah, great yeah. is I kind of went into beast mode as I for me. And I started thinking, <laughs> my gosh, that at the age I was, what, what could have been valuable to me at that age? And I think as a young woman yeah. that when I was in school, it was a whole different generation. But, you know, that confidence that so many of us either fake it or – some people just have it and others are trying to work on it, right? How we show up, how do we, yeah. you know, like fake it when we are making it because, you know, inside we're trembling, but outside we just can't let people see, see a sweat, right? There's a phrase like that. So that, yeah. that was what it was, but to do it and go through yeah. that day and, you know, it was the leveling up to it. I think, you know, for me, it's always about engagement. It's always about how can you interact with people, not talk at them you know, or to them, mm. but it's more how can you engage with them? And these girls couldn't have been more amazing at, you know, 
volunteering, yeah. contributing, engaging, tried to make it fun. But literally afterwards, with all the help of everybody that was there, I mean, I swooning mm. is probably a good word because I really felt like <laughs> I got to talk to some of the girls before and they just couldn't have been cuter than pie. Like they were open, they were interested, yeah. they were there to kind of learn and interact with each other. It was an amazing day. And I, like I said, seventh and eighth graders yeah. are, you know, no joke, man. They, they they will cut you up like whatever if they don't <laughs> like what they see. So I was quite happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, and, and you really did have so much engagement. And these young girls, I mean, when their hands went up, when you would ask a question and their hands would go up, I'm like, yes. Because these girls feel oh. comfortable, they feel vulnerable, and they were ready to, to take on whatever you were going to give them. Because you had them do some, some, you know, really interesting things where at one point, and I think it was one of the first things you had them do, which think about it, you know, even in networking events, even at CWI events where if you get up and you move around and you meet somebody that you haven't met before, that could be daunting for 7th and 8th graders because, you know, there, there's a lot of pressure there. Uh, but like I said, you, you did a stellar job, stellar, stellar job, Michelle. And, uh, yeah, so I just, we're getting close to the end of the show. Yeah, it it was absolutely fun and we want to do it again. So we'll look for those opportunities. Uh, but we're at the end of our show. That's, that's it for today. We hope you gain new ideas and wisdom from our powerful guest, Michelle Burquist. And this went by so fast. So thank you, Michelle, for being our leading lady today on Women Lead Radio on Amplify Your Influence. And a special thanks to all our listeners in the U.S. and our international listeners and followers, too. We'll be back again for another Women Lead Radio show Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. It's been my absolute pleasure to be your host today with Michelle. Thank you for listening, and remember to build your influence authentically and compassionately. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.